Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nectar Series podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Ashley. This podcast is a community-building exhibition that collects beautiful stories, sweet like nectar, from members of our community of Western North Carolina and uses them to weave a patchwork of narratives that connect each of us through our common past, present, and future. Hello, listeners. Calliope Stage has a really exciting event coming up we want to tell you about. In August, we'll be presenting our very first live theatrical production outdoors in downtown Silva, North Carolina. We believe the majesty of the Appalachian Mountains houses a tremendous opportunity for new theater. And in August, we will show you exactly what we mean. 23 artists have worked three months to create 10 new original shorts or short pieces of theater. And each of these shorts uh, tells a story rooted in our Western North Carolina region. These writers, historians, choreographers, composers, musicians, and the list goes on, have created some really dynamic pieces, and we cannot wait to share Calliope Shorts with you, our audience and supporters, first, right here in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains. So check out our website to learn more and reserve your tickets for those first two weekends in August. They are limited due to COVID-19 seating arrangements, but you definitely don't want to miss this. And we cannot wait to see you at the theater. Welcome to the Nectar Series. Today, we're going to be talking to Norma Clayton. Norma has been in this community for a long time. Her family has been in Jackson County for generations. She has contributed way too much to this community to list right now. You'll hear it in the interview. But what I really enjoyed about this chat was having somebody that has been in the area and is familiar with the stories of the area. Norma is a writer and she's taking a lot of these stories that have been passed down through her family for generations and is turning them into a book. It was so exciting to get to hear some of these stories straight from her and to hear about what it's like to be somebody who has been here for generations and be watching new people come into the area as it continues to grow. So please enjoy our conversation with Norma Clayton. Hey y'all, this is Corey Phelps, the education and community lead at Calliope Stage. When I'm not helping plan summer camps at Calliope, I'm the artistic director of Destination Theater, which is a theater company based out of Atlanta, but serving the entire nation. Destination Theater is dedicated to creating excellent and imaginative touring productions for people of all ages, backgrounds, and demographics. We aim to provide exciting, educational, and high-quality theater experiences in communities across the U.S. and beyond. What that means is we are bringing the hit children's show, How I Became a Pirate, based on the hit children's book of the same name, to the hit town, Silva, North Carolina. How I Became a Pirate will be presented on the Calliope main stage behind the Triple Threat Arts Academy. We'll be performing live. Doesn't that sound nice? Live theater? In-person events? We think so. So we will see you there on June 12th at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Bring a blanket or a chair and learn all about how to become a pirate. Arg. Today, we are joined by someone who has been in Jackson County for a pretty long time, and I'm so excited to hear her story. So we are joined today by Norma Clayton. Clayton. Norma, we're so excited to have you. (laughs) 
Oh man. Okay. We're all tripping <laughs> over words right. today. We've got a great editor. Can we have a glass of <laughs> exactly. wine? Exactly. You know, I wish I could it. blame it on that. <laughs> <laughs> but Norma, oh welcome. We're so excited to have you and speak with you and um, for us and for our listeners to um, hear a little bit more, bit more about your story in Western North Carolina. Yes. So Norma, tell us a little bit about how you identify. I'm not sure you mean by how I identify. Uh, do you mean um, culturally, community-wise? Open, open-ended oh. question. <laughs> open-ended question, boy, yeah. I hate that. <laughs> no. Well, we've uh, got a ton of them, so buckle up. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. There Here's you my go. Yes. <laughs> uh, edit that part out. Um, I identify with the mountains of, Western North Carolina. I'm a local. I was born here many years ago. (laughs) And I have an education uh, from Western Carolina University. I have a degree in biology. Uh, I met Gail Woody, a good friend of mine, um, when we were in a married women's Bible study group years ago. And she is always prodding me to do things. And this is one of the things that she has suggested that I do. And so thank you for inviting me. Of course, we love Gail so much. (laughs) (laughs) Who does such? She's an amazing woman. She is. I I want to um, just go off of some of the things that you brought up, Norma. So you are born, you were born and raised in Jackson County. Is that correct? That's correct. My family, oh gosh, we go back maybe six generations. from having a lot of land uh, to not much land. And uh, I had people who on both sides who fought during the Civil War, some for the North, some for the South. Um, I just have stories that I've heard for many years um, about my family. And I enjoy sharing them with other people. Uh, I write little stories, way back when stories is what I call them. Um, about what I remember and what I have heard. And I get off. (laughs) So now I don't remember what your question was. No, no, that's great. So I want to ask, born and raised here. And so, um, Norma, what has kept you in these mountains for all this time? Why do you decide to stay? I have a degree in biology. And there were no jobs when I graduated in 1973 that pertained to that. Uh, But I did not want to leave the area. Um, I have very strong family ties. And um, I just could not see myself leaving these mountains. To me, when you're born here, they're in your soul. Um, I've been blessed to have traveled in all but four states. I owned a cabin in Twin Bridges, Montana. So every year I'd take a different route out to, to vacation. I've been to three provinces in Canada. I've been to Mexico. But nothing draws me back like these mountains. I mean, I've seen a lot of beautiful scenery. Uh, and it's not just the beauty. Um, it's the culture. It's and, the and people. And so what about... What, what about the culture and the people um, brings you home? Um, that's a hard question. Um, it's not that I share so many values with a lot of people. Um, I'm really, um, hmm. 
maybe I better not go that route. Um, I have to be careful what I say, what I think I don't want to necessarily say. Um, we have a pride and we have um, a desire to better ourselves, to make our community a better place. Um, one thing that really bothers me is that uh, these mountains are being trashed, not only by litter, but by people coming in and clear cutting. Uh, the habitats are being destroyed. Um, and I realize that there is a growth and, and that's necessary, but I would like to see um, a growth that is, um, oh, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Maybe um, sustainable or thoughtful. Well, not necessarily sustainable, but um, something that would protect the environment. It's more managed, um, it's more controlled. Thank you. There we go. That's the word. <laughs> so Norma, I want to know what your role is in the community. This could be your occupation. I know you're at Western Carolina for many years. This could be your purpose in the community. What, what do you believe your role is? I believe my role is to um, protect the environment. Uh, four years ago, my husband and I started cleaning up the mountains play on words of greening up the mountains, if you remember, was a yes. um, in the late April. And uh, so we organized and we had so much community help. And then after two years, the, uh, the Jackson County Department of Public Works took it over. And I'll be honest, I don't think they did as good a job as we <laughs> did, because it's sort of, um, I don't know, petered out, I guess is the yeah. word I want to use. We have adopted a highway. We pick up litter. We try to inform people um, about uh, the dangers and how long it takes, for example, a cigarette butt to decompose mm -hmm. or, or, you know, how the trash ends up in the in the little creeks that go into the Tuxigi yeah. and it just continues. Um, and I also feel like that I share my stories, my memories, and I write them and um, post them on Facebook and I'm in the process. Uh, trying to compile them in a little book. Um, I'm 70, and I experience things that uh, you all have no clue. Um, you know, I was raised, my mother, um, we had a cow, two cows, and so she sold milk and butter, and that's how the three of us girls went to college. She used that money for us to go to college, and so I write my way back when stories, and I feel like that's my contribution as well. Yeah being able to capture and, and make sure that those stories don't get lost to time. Right, right. Yeah. One of the things that we did uh, like on Sunday afternoon after church, we'd be at my grandmother's house and um, she was a teacher. This was, she was born in 1901. And uh, when she started teaching, uh, she was 19 years old. At that time, you did not have to have a four year degree to teach. You just had to have finished school. And uh, she would tell stories. And then um, she would room with a family, of course, roomed with my grandfather's family, fell in love <laughs> with him, got married, had two children. And then when my mother and her sister were teenagers, she got involved with the, uh, uh, oh, what is the word, adult education program. And so she would walk from their house on Warrior Bay Hut, or Warrior Hut as we call it, and uh, room with a family over the 
a week. She taught them to read, to write. She was a midwife. She was herbalist. And so those stories that she told me that I want to pass on to other people, uh, because, you know, some people would freak out thinking that they had to walk to, uh, to their job. And it was, you know, it was a mountain trail. Yeah. Uh, She told one time about being stalked with a panther. And, uh, you know, (laughs) as a child, I sat there, I was mesmerized uh, because I just, for one thing, we don't have them now. And uh, to think that it stalked my grandmother. Um, so I just want to pass those so, stories. Um, I imagine, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, of course, but the, the stories that you have been writing down and continue to write down, um, most of these are stories that you um, recall or that were told to you. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, plus, I also had um, one of the advantages one time at working at Western, I'm not sure you still do, but you can take all these courses at a reduced tuition price. So I worked on a social work degree and uh, also had a lot of sociology uh, classes. So we interviewed people and I interviewed my grandmother and uh, Dr. French, who was my sociology teacher, compiled all this in a book. And um, so I thought that was interesting to to keep that alive as well. So I'm interested, we... Of course, a Calliope stage as a theater company, a theater-based company, um, we are all very much interested in storytelling. And we also believe that storytelling is um, you know, a way to connect deeply in communities and across generations and you know, um, across all aisles, as uh, we might say. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious from your perspective um, with your history and then the history of those that came before you, um, and having those moments where stories were told to you or you were telling other stories, do you think that um, the way stories are passed down um, and maybe just specifically regionally um, has changed? And I guess what I'm getting at is, um, you know, the oral storytelling traditions of the region and how we pass down history um, and how we do that now versus how you may have done that or, or experienced it as a kid growing up? Oh, definitely it's changed. Um, but one thing, you know, we have, um, I don't think the children uh, are interested anymore. You know, they're, they're more interested in uh, their, what do you call it, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Um, they don't have time, and, and I'll be honest, I wish that I had asked more questions, you know, when you're a certain age, when you're young, you're not really that interested. Um, it's it's time to be with your peers and not someone elderly, I don't think. Um, so now there are a few, I'm also involved with the genealogy um, society. And uh, we are always sharing stories um, when we, we have our um, scholarships and that's, the, to apply, you know, they fill out the application, but they also have to write a story about their families. And um, some of them are amazing, and some of them are like, uh, do you even know your family? You know? <laughs> so, and, and you can pick out, um, I guess, the local people, the local students will have a history versus the students who have moved here and are away from their family. Uh, and they don't really have that connection in history to their to that family. 
I think I'm going in a convoluted way. No, not at all. No. Well, and, and I, I think too that it, it also helps to have the willingness of the family to share those stories, right? I, I know friends who have come from families that their parents don't want to share about their past or their grandparents were involved in wars that they don't want to talk about and, and that trauma Certainly. being there as well. Well, and that's, that's very true. Um, and some people are ashamed of their, of their family. Uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, drugs are so prevalent now that they don't want to, to admit that uh, someone in, in their family has an issue. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to have um, stories that have been told to me. And um, of course, I don't have children to pass those on to. So I feel like I should share with someone else. Well, I can tell you that I'm going to take the story of your grandmother and grandfather and turn it into a lifetime movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that uh, truly, I wish you yes. my grandfather was um, totally opposite of my grandmother. Really? Oh yeah, my grandmother was. Um, she was educated. She was a lady, beautiful lady, and my grandfather was a hard worker. But he was also um, he got paid on Friday, and that check went to. They had a Victrola, went to a, the newest record that came out by Roy Acuff and whoever Carter family, and uh, Fifth of Liquor. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they were totally opposite. See, it's a lifetime movie, right? Waiting to happen. <laughs> I'm, before we kind of move on to our, our next um, part of, of the interview or the conversation, I do want to go back to something because, of course, as someone who has moved here recently, um, and I'm, I'm in my fifth year in Jackson County right now, um, and I love it, and I do what I can to invest in it. Um, but I also know that, um, and I think, I don't think I'm saying anything that anybody listening doesn't uh, know or, or, or felt or heard of. Um, but, you know, sometimes there seems to be a divide with, between, um, you know, individuals that have been here their entire life and their family goes back generations and generations and generations, um, in the area and, um, then you have people who've come here in the last five, 10, 15 years that have, you know, chosen to be here. Um, and, and I don't really know what I'm driving at, but it's just, I think it would be worth it in this conversation to kind of talk about the perspective of being someone who's so rooted, so deeply rooted in the area and what that experience is like having others come in and sort of claim part of this community as their own um, and, and how, how you feel about that. Thank you for bringing that up. Cause that is a, um, something that I feel very strongly about. Um, I'm very proud of my heritage. I'm very proud to be from Jackson County. What I do not like are people that come here and think that one, that we're ignorant, two, we're lazy. Uh, they want to change us. They want to fix us. They want to improve our life. Uh, without even thinking what we might need or what our desires are. Um, <laughs> ooh, that sounded really bad. 
Um, no, 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 no. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you speaking from the heart and speaking with honesty. Um, and that's part of the reason that we have these conversations is to create these spaces. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, you know, please continue how, how you would like to, but, um, if, are there certain specific things that you have felt, um, felt upset by when, you know, I, I'm maybe going to go back to the phrase of fix the area or fix the people or fix the community. Um, maybe some of those specific things that have felt a little intrusive. Um, like I mentioned before that I was, I took some sociology or work, was working on a social work degree at Western. And um, my teacher said that, and that has stuck in my mind because that's why I did not finish pursuing the degree, um, that a social worker is prone to want to fix things. They go into a person's house and they say, and I know you all have no clue, but a long time ago, people had plastic curtains and, uh, you know, and uh, they would come in and think, oh, I'm going to get her some really pretty curtains and that'll make her feel better about herself. Well, that's not it. And, and, I, and I guess I'm comparing that to uh, people coming in here and um, thinking, you know, um, gosh, I don't know. I'm the I'm one of the lucky ones, you know. I am educated, and I have, and the and the Lord has really blessed me. Um, but there are some people here who are not as fortunate. And um, you, you know, one of the things my family always said is to always better yourself, but never get above your raisin. You know, so you always strive to be a better person and better your circumstances, but you're always rooted in uh, your heritage. Um, so. I think that has has stuck with me uh, during my, I don't want to say career, but during my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very difficult to, now I'm not a hunter, I'm a truly an uh, animal rights activist, so I can't relate to the people who bear hunt here or um, just kill anything, you know, because just say I, you know, I shot 10 bears or something, you know. Uh, so I don't, I can't relate to those people. But I can relate to the people who um, have a desire to um, be more conscious of, of, of the environment, of how they can help their fellow man, how, how they can um, make someone else's life better. So um, I don't relate to everybody here. 100%. Oh, that couldn't be expected, <laughs> right? right, <laughs> Any, right. For anyone, anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. So um, can you, and may, maybe on the flip side, um, maybe you can speak a little bit about some of the more positive or enriching experiences that you or you've heard about um, with the, uh, how do we, the, the, meshing, I guess, of um, uh, locals and um, non-natives. I guess I shouldn't say it that way if we could edit that out, please. But locals and, um, you know, those that are that are coming into the community. Uh, how do we build, how do we build those great relationships between those two worlds? Hmm. Um. <laughs> 
I'm not sure that that's always possible. Um, it de- and like it said, it depends upon who the person is. If you know, if they come in here and they think, "Wow, this is a beautiful place. I want to. They're really great people. I want to be a part of this." Then I think that we local people are accepting and we welcome them. But if they come in and they think, "Oh my lord, you know, this is pretty, but it needs a street light. We've got to do this. You know, we need to cut down a view." Uh, we're not going to welcome those people as much. Uh, so to, to mesh, I think was the, was the word that you used. Um, they have to be willing to give and we have to be willing to accept. And, and that's a fine line. Um, that can be, yeah. I, I don't deny that that can be a difficult one. Yeah, right. that line. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm guilty myself. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode of the Nectar Series is brought to you by Anchor. Our mission here at the Nectar Series is to share stories. Use Anchor to elaborate. Anchor provides you with the tools to tell it all. Not only do they provide unlimited free hosting for your podcast, Anchor supports your podcast with blog entries and answers questions on monetization and making your podcast fun and entertaining. Visit anchor.fm to find everything you need to make a podcast all in one place for free. That's anchor.fm. I want to move on to the next part of our conversation, which focuses around creativity. And in just the tiny bit of research that I did on you, Norma, your family has so much creativity in it. I could not believe some of the stories that I was reading, but I want to know about your creative zone and your source of creativity. How does that have a place in your life? Well, I guess you knew that my mother received the Mountain Heritage uh, Day yes. and uh, her mother, um, my grandmother that I told you was a traveling school teacher, could look at a pattern and uh, cut a or look at a picture rather and cut out a dress and it would resemble that picture. It was it was good. I did not inherit any of the artistic talent. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I think my creativity is writing yes. and sharing. And, um, and those stories that about my mother and about my grandmother and my mother's sister, who was a well-known quilter in this area. Um, and my daddy made music. Um, he played a guitar like a dobro, you know, flat out mm-hmm. like that. My mama could sing and she picked the guitar as well. Um, I could not inherit a single bit of that. <laughs> and, but, <laughs> But I do have a way of uh, writing. And Kay Strickland Byer, very, very dear friend of ours, uh, I had her in my second quarter English class at Western. Uh, I think I was probably one of her first students. And she and I hit it off then. As a matter of fact, she asked me to help her grade the papers um, at, at the end of the semester. And it was more important to me at that time to be accepted by my peers uh, my classmates rather than that. And oh my goodness, I really regret that. But all through the years, she was a, a guiding light and an encourager to me. And uh, she was also very dear friends with my mother. And if you've read the poem Delphia in, uh, in one of her uh, books, uh, I think it's, well, it's the Alma series. But anyway, it's about my grandmother, Delphia, and quilting. And so 
um, I thought, now when I grow up, I want to be just like Kay. And that is uh, the creativity, I think, uh, was uh, started then in my second quarter English class at Western. I love that. So, so how many stories do you think that you've written down so far? Probably about 30. Wow. Um, and have you shared them with anybody yet? Are you kind of, Oh, I put it book? on, I put them on Facebook all the time. Oh, wonderful. I have a little following and, <laughs> and they always encourage me to write my book. Well, I don't have a story to tell. I have all the little vignettes that I could put in, put into a, a book. And my husband, bless his sweet little heart, has given me money to have it published. And so I just have to sit down and do that. And I can write, but I'm not an organizer. <laughs> and um, very few artistically minded people are. But, but you know what, Norma, <laughs> you're going to send me all the right. I'm going to organize it because I have that part of the brain down. Yes, so we'll true. work together. We're going to make this happen. All right. <laughs> That sounds like a plan. I, I love. I actually had someone in my family that did something very similar. That had these stories from when she was growing up in in Ohio, and it put put them all together finally. And now we have it in our house, and it's so cool to go back and and read those stories from somebody that I think I met once in my life. Um, but being able to read those stories and just hear what what was back then. And, and I think it's so special to be able to have that. So we're going to work together. We're going to, we're going to make this happen. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. I think I, oh. I mentioned actually, before we press record on this interview, but um, that my uh, family is all originally from Eastern Tennessee and m both of my paternal grandparents um, had written down their life stories. Um, but, you know, uh, this was Oh gosh, maybe 10 years ago now, 10, 15 years ago. Um, but it is such a treasure to have those. Of it is course, such a treasure to have it. And and like you were saying, especially as you grow out of being a kid um, and, and you start to experience more, you go start to go through your own life. Um, having that connection to the generation prior to you is is really special. So I think it's wonderful that you're doing that. Well, um, my daddy, uh, back in the early 40s, there was no work here. And so, so many people went to the state of Washington and worked in the timber industry there. And I so wish that I had asked him questions about that. Um, you know, they left in a logging truck, uh, he and a whole bunch of his friends and family. And uh, in the back, they had put seats on the side and covered it with a tarp. I mean, I've been many times out west in a comforts of a car with air conditioning and hotel rooms and how they ever made the trek from North Carolina. And I wish that I had asked more stories about that. Um, Cause that, um, and he didn't really talk about them. You know, he, he worked and he came home and he worked in the garden and had dinner and went to, went to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's not, it's not even, you know, the questions that you could have asked, but even the conversations that were missed sometimes. That's true. Right. That's very yeah. true. I, I love though, that you're, you're, you're giving this gift to the community and I want to know what the community gives to you and what, what you feel like, um, its impact is on you because you are impacting the community so much as well. Well, I think it's affirmation, you know, that, uh, hey, 
we we like what you're doing. We appreciate your thoughts. We um, appreciate you writing down your stories. We appreciate you taking care of the environment, helping take care of the environment. Um, that's what I think. You know, you can do things, but if you're not rewarded in some way, um, you sometimes get a little slack or decide, you know, hey, I'm just spinning my wheels. But, you know, to know that people appreciate you cleaning up the roadside litter or they like your little stories, it makes you want to do it again. Yes, I, I love that actually in theater so much um, that that is a special part of development is the saying thank you because people don't have to right. do the things that they're doing and being grateful right. for it. Exactly. That's exactly right. I want to know also what, and, and, and maybe this is going back to the stories, but what do you hope your legacy is in Jackson County? Your, your legacy, not, not your family's legacy, which is going to be rich and, and, and so ingrained in this community, but Norma Clayton's legacy. <laughs> Oh, she's a cat woman. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I will be known as the lady who loves cats. Fellow cat um, lady right here. Yes. Oh, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> How many all, cats all, do you have, Norma? Well, actually none at the moment. Um, uh, we, we lost our last one last fall. So I've not made the, the step to, to get another one. But uh, we have the neighbor's cat who has... Uh, spends a lot of time here and her name is Buttons and I take zillions of pictures of Buttons. <laughs> but I, I really, really like animals a lot better than I do the majority mm -hmm. of people. Um, and particularly cats, because if a cat likes you, uh, then you are really raiding. A dog will say, oh, I like you, you know, and they don't, they just want to be petted or, you know, or fed, but a cat is very selective. So I think my legacy will be a cat woman. I love that so much. <laughs> and it gives me hope for my future. So thank you. <laughs> and not of the panther variety. <laughs> oh, I like <laughs> oh, but I think a panther and a cougar are the most magnificent Ooh, creatures. Are, well, they are. But, you know, not to be stalked by one, of course. Uh, I'll be fine not to meet one on a mountain trail. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I also hope that people uh, think that... Um, that I love this county and um, I'm, I'm proud of it. And I hope to see it continue um, in a positive way. What are some of your favorite spots in Jackson County? I'm just curious. I know this wasn't on the questions. I'm just question. curious. That's a fun question. Oh, oh, I love, we take, we go up 281, you know, Texas CG 281. Uh -huh. And then we pick up Charlie's Creek and we go into the parkway that way. And it's beautiful any time of year. Uh, so that's, that's one of my favorite places. Um, and of course, I love to go to the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, which is between here and Swain. And I've, I do a lot of volunteer work down at uh, the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Um, they have a women's work event and then they have um, the Mountain Life Festival. And so I tell people about the uses of corn shucks and things like that. Uh, so that's one of my favorite spots. Um, just anywhere out in the woods is a good place to be. You are right on mm -hmm. with that. I, I know that um, corn husks in particular 
is is something that you and your family have been talking to the community about for a long time. Can you just speak on that for a little bit? Sure. My mama learned to uh, to make things items out of corn husk uh, back when she worked on the NYA. Uh, her supervisor showed her how to make pocketbooks and she made sandals. She made the three of us girls shoes, sandals out of corn shucks. And <laughs> my baby sister did not wear hers out like uh, my other sister and I. Um, but I mean, people used, Western had a thing called milling, tilling, and stilling. And, uh, you know, corn was very important. They made meal for their families. And my great grandparents had a grist mill. And uh, then there was uh, tilling, you know, tilling the, the soil with that. And then stilling, and a lot of people made a lot of money making moonshine uh, with corn. Uh, so corn's always been a good, uh, good crop, but. Uh, you know, you make hats with uh, corn shucks, you make shoes, you can make flowers for your house, you can make dolls to play with, mats, uh, you know, just bottom chairs with it. There's just so much to do. And unfortunately, I did not get that talent from my mama. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> but I can talk about it. I can she talk reaps, about it. You reaped the benefits of it, right? <laughs> and, and I think that that's another, what how it maybe plays out in what, what I've, heard from you today is just that idea of everything can have a life beyond just what we think of it as, as being used for food or being used for, to make moonshine. Like even the, the husks of the corn can be used and going back to like the mountains and treating them with the respect to not just build on top of them, to really use the land in the way that, that it was intended. Well, and that's very true, um, but too often the land gets overused right. and it's not productive anymore. Uh, so, you know, that's where education comes in about how to enrich the soil and uh, rotate your crops and things like that. But uh, mountain people have always used up instead of throw away, right. you know, like the most people would throw away a corn husk, but, you know, they used it to stuff mattresses and I have slept on one, which is not comfortable. <laughs> and if you turned over, you woke up half the house, you know, because it rusted. But I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so they were, they were taught to make do with what they had. And I always said my mama was the original recycler before, you know, that became popular. And of course that was handed down from her mother. Um, it's, um, it's a, it's a way of life yeah. that I'm afraid that people are, are getting away from. Yeah. And you can recycle your bottles, but to me, that's not um, recycling and making something that you could use in your, in your home. Right. We're looking for more of the, um, the reduce and reuse bars of that three R triangle, right. aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. First and recycling as a last resort. And that's, that's very true. Um, I, I also want to ask an off script question here. Um, so as someone born and raised in Western North Carolina and Jackson County in particular, um, as, as Calliope stage, as we sort of um, forge the foundations of this theater company and um, our entire intention is to um, build it as a space for the community, um, how, what are some ways that we can do that mindfully? 
and respectfully going back to maybe some of our original conversation earlier. Well, there's something that I thank Kelly for, for asking me as, as a local person. I think that you need to ask more local people. Uh, we have a lot of talent here, musical talent, um, and other people who write stories about. Uh, so I think that if you ask other people um, their opinions and, and to be willing to share how they feel, um, that would be more um, something that would be make you more successful, I feel, for the general public. Mm-hmm. Um, too often people won't, are selective, um, you know, get people who say they've, been, they've lived here for 30 years, but they're not a native. And they, they still are outsiders, I guess, in, in a way of thinking. Uh, boy, that sounded really bad. <laughs> So, so as someone um, who um, is native to the area, how do we make Calliope Stage a place that you want to engage in as a patron or as a storyteller or um, a part of any of the projects that we do, whether it's theatrical performance or some of our youth um, uh, performing arts education or, you know, our our um, uh, our portfolio is going to be quite diverse in the sense of what we do and what we produce. Um, but how could we make it a place that is attractive to you um, to support or engage with? Well, just like I said, um, have more local people um, participate in uh, being recorded and, and telling their, answering your questions, telling their story. Um, music to me is a big draw. Um, I, you know, there are so many I think that would be the clincher, but we have musical events more so than uh, poetry reading or story reading or uh, something like that. Um, And I'd have to think about that some more. Sure. Thank you. Well, I want to know um, in in existing in this particular community, what gets you really excited. I, I, I know that, that you had said that, that you like cats more than people. And I agree <laughs> with you wholeheartedly in that sentiment, but what gets you excited to engage with the people of Jackson County? Um, I think crafts. Um, I love <laughs> um, handmade items uh, from wood turning, uh, handmade furniture, quilting. That gets me really, really excited. And I love antiques. I, um, I love to go to um, End of Maine. It's one of my favorite places to hang out. Um, I, that gets me really excited because I think when I pick up a piece, I'm thinking the history it has and the stories it could tell if it could just talk. Yes. Uh, Norma, you and I are going to go thrifting <laughs> next time I'm up there. I am a vintage clothes person like that. That's what I like to wear a majority of the time. And I I do the same thing where I pick up an item that I love and it's, you know, from 1963. And I'm thinking about the first person that got to wear this and probably her mom who made it for her. (laughs) And you mentioned in a Maine, that is one of my favorite places to go with my five-year-old daughter, just to go poke around and see what treasures we can find. (laughs) I used to have a, co- I a collection that. of old hats, which were from the 40s, uh, which were to me very old. 
And, you know, I would sometimes wear them to church and I would think, well, my great aunt wore this or my aunt wore this or my grandmother wore that. And I just think yes. it's so cool to do that. Okay, well, I'm coming over for those hats. <laughs> well, unfortunately, they disappeared when I moved. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but but I, I love your answer in that because it's it's all about sharing history and also sharing talent, which I think is really cool too. Just like you share your talent through writing and capturing these stories, other people are capturing their stories with their talent of right. woodworking or of, of putting, put, putting something together right. with their hands. And I also get excited about um, people who want to, um, to go back to farming. You know, we have chickens and we have bees. Um, we thought we wanted llamas and goats, I mean, alpacas and goats, and we realized we're too old, you know, to get up and <laughs> feed them every morning, um, let them out. But yes. I, I'm <laughs> so appreciative of people going back to having, mm -hmm. you know, growing their own eggs, and, and uh, I'm not into butchering, uh, so we would not have any meat animals, but uh, our chickens keep us in eggs. There you go. And that, you know, that's very, um, I think that's pretty cool. It's, you are cutting edge because like you said, that's a thing that is coming back into fashion. So you're just telling me that you're a trendsetter. <laughs> that's your legacy, Norma Clayton, yeah. trendsetter. Trendsetter. <laughs> <laughs> well, our final question that I want to make sure that we have time to get to is what do you love about Jackson County? Oh, I love the beauty. I love the fact that, um, we are close to the parkway, Blue Ridge Parkway. We're close to the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. We have beautiful streams. Um, our plants, the diversity of, uh, of our wildlife and the plants is just an amazing place to live. Um, and for the most part, the people are nice. Yeah. Yes. I, I would say that that's probably true of most right. places is that most, most people are okay. <laughs> and then there are cats. And then there are cats, yes. <laughs> to fill in the, the pockets, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, goodness. I love it. Well, so Norma, tell us where, if people want to go and read the stories, where can they find you on Facebook? Um, um, it's just Norma Medford Clayton uh, on Facebook. Okay. And uh, hopefully I'll have a book by the end of the summer. Yeah. Yes. So. Well, because I'm going to come and we're going to organize <laughs> it. Please let us know. We will make sure that um, we, we also put that up on our pages so others can kind of follow along and, and then hopefully pick up your book later this year. That would be great. That would be great. Thank Wonderful. you. Thank you. Well, Norma, thank you so much for joining us. It was great to hear your story and the story of your family. Uh, this, this is so cool to talk to somebody that has had such a long um, commitment to Jackson County. Thank you. I think that that is really, really cool. So thank you for sharing well, thank that with you us. for being willing to do this, um, to compile stories. And uh, I think that's a wonderful thing.
Thank you. The Nectar Series podcast is brought to you by Calliope Stage and Anchor. Logo designed by Zachary Alexander, music by Susan Pepper and Taylor Harris, and editing by Daniel Stanley. If you like this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow Calliope Stage on Instagram and Facebook at Calliope Stage. For more updates and ways to join our community, visit www.calliopestage.com.